Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster, an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, you're going to want to check out Pondex.com. Use code TCNS for 10% off your first order. Let us begin. To get this story started, let's hear some facts. The original Piatu Pass incident was an event in which five Russian hikers died in the northern Ural Mountains between February 1st and 2nd, 1959, in uncertain circumstances. This case we're discussing is called the American Piatu Pass case because it is very similar to the Piatu Pass incident that happened in Russia. This case is also known as the Yuba County Five and happened on February 24th, 1978. The five people from Yuba County were Jack Tewitt, William Sterling, Jack Madriga, Theodore Weir, and Gary Matthews. Now let's get into the story. I'll break the story down into five segments to make it easier to follow and to make it flow more nicely. All five guys were dis- diagnosed with mild intellectual disabilities or psychiatric conditions. Gary Mathis was diagnosed with schizophrenia. They attended a college basketball game at California State University, Chico, on the night of February 24, 1978. That night, the four of them, Bill Sterling, 29, Jack Hewitt, 24, Ted Weir, 32, and Jack Madruga, 30, were later found dead. With this, Gary Mathis has never been found. Bill, Jack, Ted, and Jack Madruga went missing for about a month until the local authorities finally found them. Gary is still missing to this day. Their car was found in perfect conditions at a high mountain dirt road that was far out of their way back to Yuba City, which is still a mystery to the authorities. All five men were big fans of basketball and would frequently get together to play or watch games. The men had a game for the Special Olympics and the winner would get a free week in Los Angeles. De-stress and prepare for the big day. 
He decided to drive to Chico that night to cheer on the UC Davis basketball team in an away game against Chico State. After the game was when things went south. A tragedy happened. After the game, the group got back into Rodriguez's car and drove from the Chico State campus to Beers Market in downtown Chico. They went there to buy snacks, sodas, and cartons of milk to drink. It was shortly before the store's 10 p.m. closing time. The clerk later remembered them because she resented that such a large group had come in and delayed her from starting the process of closing. And that was the last time they were seen alive. Some of the parents had stayed up waiting for them to return, but they never did. That's when the police were notified. And now on to the investigation. The police from Butte and Yuba County started searching for any information or tips on where they could be. Only a few days later, a Plumas National Forest Ranger told the police that he had seen them in Figo Park somewhere nearby. He didn't think it was a big deal because so many people parked their cars there for long periods of time. Evidence from the car shows that they were in the car when they were taken. But finding the car raised even more questions. The car was not on a path back to where the men came from. It was a very weird location for a cold winter and late night. They didn't have any extra clothing in the car to go to such a cold place. The police could not figure out why the men left the car, or even if it was them who left the car there. The car was stuck, but five men and their sizes could easily push the car and get it out. There was no trace of the men. Some people at the area mentioned seeing sights of the men, but nothing too useful came out of these conversations. Some facts would meet their personalities and traits, but some of it made no sense at all which made it really hard for the police to get a clear direction. And now we'll look into the discovery of the bodies and the evidence that was uncovered. The little evidence the police had was leading nowhere. On June 4th, with most of the higher elevation snow melted, a group of motor motorcyclists went to a trailer maintained by the Forest Service at a campsite off the road, about 19.4 miles from where the Montego had been found front window had been broken. When they opened the door, they were overcome by the odor of what turned out to be a decaying body inside. It was later identified as Weir's. That was the moment the police knew they were about to get more information and find more bodies. Searchers returned to places close to the place the first body was found and started following the road between the trailer and the site of the Montego, and they quickly found remains identified as Madruga and Sterling on opposite sides of the road, 11.4 miles from where the car had been. The bodies had been partially consumed by scavenging animals, and only bones remained scattered over small areas. Autopsies showed they had both died of hypothermia. Deputies speculated that one may have succumbed to the desire for sleep that marked that condition's final stages, and the other refused to leave his side, eventually meeting the same fate. Two days later, as part of one of the other search parties, Jack Hewitt's father found his son's backbone under a bush about two miles from the trailer. The sheriffs and James nearby helped identify the body. The next day, a deputy sheriff found a skull downhill from the bush, 300 feet away, confirmed by dental records to be Hewitt's. His death was also attributed to hypothermia. The last of the guys, Gary, was never found. They found a blanket that could have been used by him to try to stay alive, the body itself was never found, and it remains a mystery. There are a few minor theories on this murder.
date. There was still no evidence on why the men were at the specific location and why they were not able to leave. After telling this whole story, the only assumption that could be made was that once they found the trailer, the other three broke the window to enter. Since it was locked, they may have believed it was private property, but might have lost control of the situation fearing arrest. After Weir died of hypothermia, they might have decided to return home by different routes on foot. And that's how all of them died, but Gary. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Let us know what your thoughts are on this case. Send us a tweet at TrueCrimeNS. What do you think happened to Matthias? Follow us on Twitter. Like this video. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you like it. Thumbs down if you don't. And join us tomorrow for another episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.